Welcome everyone, I'm Reba Sparrow, and today, to be or not to be, yourself, on the Mystery Box Show podcast. It's interesting how Dylan Giovanni and I met. He was a guest speaker at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I studied to become a health coach. And after hearing Dylan's story about how he became a health coach, I thought to myself, this guy needs to be on my sex show. <laughs> so we reached out to Dylan. He wholeheartedly agreed to do this transformational story with us on our stage. I'm so excited for you to hear this. Please welcome into your ear holes, Dylan D. Giovanni. So three years ago, I woke up in a bed in an ace bandage that went from my collarbone to my belly button. And it was wrapped around me about mm, eight times, so tightly that I couldn't even breathe. And I laid there in that bed, grimacing in agony, and I said, what have I done to myself? And I thought about all the decisions that got me to that point. And it started with working with Sam. Well, at least that's where I'll start. So it started working with Sam, and um, Sam was a client of mine. And he was a client of mine because I had made a decision to become a health coach. And I had made a decision to become a health coach because I needed a plan B from the horrible job that I had. And I needed a plan B from the horrible job that I had. You get the point. And, you know, my life at that, up until that point had been a lot of that. So, like, let me just move. Let me just change. Let me just, because I was constantly wanting to feel better. I was constantly wanting to feel happier or healthier. And so I kept shifting things around. You know that phrase, like, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? That was me. And so making the decision to work with Sam was one of those decisions where you don't know it at the time, but it ends up changing your life forever. So working with him was like super fun from the very beginning. We had the same hair color. We had the same haircut. We had the same sassy, witty, awesome way of being from New Jersey, which is where I'm from. <laughs> and we had one more thing in common. And that thing was that we were being gendered female based on our bodies. And it was driving us crazy. And so we would commiserate about that during his health coaching sessions. And he made amazing progress through the six months that we worked together, including making the decision to transition and begin taking hormones and scheduling a surgery to reconstruct his chest to look more male. And I was just like, I, I mean, I could tell you where he started and like where he ended up, and it was, just, it was just amazing. I was like super proud of him, super excited. And that excitement continued right up until the day of his surgery. So I called him, and I was like, hey, buddy, what's going on? How was the surgery? And he was like, yeah, I was like all drugged up on pain meds. And he's like, yeah, man, it was great. I feel awesome. And my joy and like elation and happiness turned to bitter jealousy. And I was like, shit, I need that. I totally want to feel like that. And it was this 
deep, undeniable truth that like, I'd been trying to like push away for like 34 years, and now it was like, right here. <laughs> and I was just like, not quite ready to deal with that yet. So, you know, up until that point, I was like dressing in men's clothing all the time and like feeling super dapper and awesome. You know, went out to dinner with my partner at the time who was like super high femme. So she was like in her little dress and her heels and I was like in my bow tie and my jacket. And we go to dinner in this really rad place in Cambridge. I'm feeling like a million dollars. And we walk in and we go up to the host podium. The guy takes two menus and he looks at her looks at me, he's like, table for two? Right this way, ladies. Exactly. I'm done, no. <laughs> you... <laughs> exactly, that, that was like, my, my ego was like, mm. and I was just like, that sucks. And, and it never had really sucked before, but now it sucked. And, and now I saw it everywhere, and I heard it everywhere, and it was just like all the time, 24-7, lady, ma'am, lady, ma'am. And, and it was just like nonstop. So something needed to be done. Because I realized my 38C chest was, you know, it was like this rack was ruining everything. <laughs> So like I could dress whatever I wanted to dress, but like there was no getting around that. So if anything was gonna change, something needed to change, right? That's the way it goes. So I, um, I call a surgeon. <laughs> I call the surgeon that Sam went to, like not having any idea. I mean, I'm like, how do I know I'm doing the right thing? So I call the surgeon, I'm like, yeah, hey, can I get a consultation? He's like, yeah, sure, I can get you in next month. I was like, whoa, not really ready to do that. Uh, how about four months from now? He's like, yep, sure. And that's what I did. And I put a date on a calendar, just like threw a dart, like, looks good. And then I went to therapy. <laughs> Every week, sometimes twice. Because how do you decide to do that? How do you just decide, like, this is my life, and now I'm just going to be this other thing. And uh, would go every week and talk about this and like talk about these questions and think, you know, I thought about like, hey, yeah, when I was 12, I like really wanted to be Itchy Threadgood from the Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I want to be. Ruth, screw that dress. I really want to be Itchy. She's like so hardcore. And the therapist is like, okay, yeah, you know. And, and I was like, but I still couldn't decide. And I remember was like right up until like the next, the last two weeks, you know, cause I had put this deposit down for this surgery of like $500. Cause I'm like, you know, if I get to the point that I decide I'm not supposed to completely, you know, change my body irrevocably for the rest of my life, at least I'm out 500 bucks, no big deal. You know, I mean, it's a big deal, but not compared to changing your body forever. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she asked me this really great question. Because I had this like right-wrong thinking problem going on, like I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna be. It's like a bad thing to do this to my body. She's like, Dylan, you know, um, I'm covered in tattoos. I was like, Yes, I am. My own handwriting, in fact. She's like, um, What is that about? I said, Well, it's my self-expression. She's like, Yeah, it's there forever, right? I was like, Checkmate, old pal. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It is there forever. Um, and I went back and thought about it for another week. Came back again, still not sure if I was doing the right thing. She said, um, okay. She's like, picture yourself two months from now, surgery's over, you're on the beach. 
I was like, I don't really like the beach, I like the mountains. <laughs> and she's like, you don't like the beach because it involves being naked. I was like, you're right, that's true. She's like, so you're on the beach, and um, she's like, do you picture yourself being like, man, I really wish I was wearing a bikini top right now? And I was like, no. She's like, you're probably good then. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Okay, let's go. Uh, so I fly down to Florida, and, uh, you know, I, so I thought about that. As I'm laying in that bed, wrapped up in this thing that was like, corset style. I mean, I couldn't even breathe. I couldn't even stand up straight. I was like uh, Quasimodo, right? That guy, he's like, hunchback of no drum. Master, you know. And uh, I couldn't even stand And I'm like on pain meds. So I'm a health coach, right? So I like fix everything as much as I can with like food and exercise habits and meditation and sleep and not being in toxic relationships, things like that. And um, <laughs> getting out of soul-sucking jobs. But this one, yeah, you, there's really no homeopathic thing for like a massive invasive surgery. So I was on pain meds and I never took drugs. So I didn't know that they like really mess up your digestive system. So I like, couldn't go to the bathroom and I'm in this thing for a week between operation and post-op to take that shit off. And, and I'm just laying there, I'm just like, what have I done to myself? Like, what have I done to myself? And I'm laying there and I'm thinking about all those decisions, you know, and, and finally the week comes to an end and I can go get that thing off. And all I can think about is like, I just want to breathe. I don't care what the results look like. I don't care if I never go topless. I don't care if I ever get ladied or mammed for the rest of my freaking life. Just get this shit off. <laughs> just get it off, I can't breathe. And we go to the doctor's office and you know, he comes around, he's like standing in front of me. And he like goes around once, and he goes around twice, and I'm just like, get it off, I can't breathe. And I, and I remember when he like pulled that Velcro off, and it was like popping open, and I was just like, oh. It was like someone socked me right in the chest. And I could finally fill my lungs with air for what really felt like the first time in my whole life. And he was standing in front of this mirror that was right opposite me. And I was like, get out of the way, buddy. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he gets out of the way, and I look up in the mirror. And I was like, all I could get, I was like, yeah, good job, buddy. And I don't really know if I was talking to him or talking to me. Um, but I, I thought, you know, I thought about how that week in that thing had felt a lot like a cocoon. And all of those decisions that I'd made, even you know, from back in the day when I was like a little kid and broke a window with a wiffle ball at five years old, and then wanted to be Itchy Threadgood, and then wore a tux to my friend's wedding a few years earlier, it was like all of those decisions had like been winding up this cocoon. And cocoons aren't comfortable. I mean, I mean at least what I think. I've never been a caterpillar, but <laughs> I imagine they're not comfortable. And a part of why they're not comfortable is because they have to be super tight so that when the butterfly is like working its way out, it like exercises its wings so that when it finally gets out, it can fly. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of how that felt. And as I'm looking in the mirror, I'm thinking to myself, this is what I haven't, I haven't done this to myself, this is what I've done for myself. I have now created a future with no more ladies, no more ma'ams, no more racks, ruining everything. 
I have created a future with a lot of deep breaths and wings. That was Dylan D. Giovanni, everyone. Dylan is happy and healthy and still an amazing health coach. Dylan wanted us to let you know that he has found the love of his life and that her name is Alex. He says that it is such a joy to be with her after spending so many years alone intentionally. He says our partnership is the stuff of dreams. And if you're looking for inspiration or coaching, you can get in touch with Dylan through his website, dylandgiovanni.com. That's Dylan with an A, but we'll have that link in the episode notes so you don't have to worry about spelling. And check out his media page where you can find interviews with Randy Z at WeWork and speaking at Fastco Innovation Festival in New York City among the links there. Hey, have you subscribed to this podcast yet? It really helps us get noticed by people, and it would help us gain even more visibility if you give us a quick five-star rating. We'd love for our storytellers to reach as wide of an audience as possible. So thank you to everyone who has already subscribed and left a review. You can support The Mystery Box Show on Patreon at patreon.com slash mysteryboxshow, where you can get early access to all of our podcast episodes and YouTube videos, free access to all of our upcoming live streams, and more. Tickets are on sale now for our next Sex People live stream. Go get them. The live stream's on April 6th, featuring adult performer Rain DeGray and comedian Samson McCormick and myself. Our music comes from our good friend Farnell Newton and the Other Ship Connection. Our audio engineer is Greg Keenan at Sound Minion Studios in Longmont, Colorado. Thanks to our production assistant, Nicole Perkins, my co-producer, Eric Scheuer. I'm your mistress of ceremonies, Reba Sparrow. On our next episode, we unlock the back door. And then Cliff said, do you want to come inside me? Motherfucking fuck, yes I do. We'll see you next time on the Mystery Box Show podcast. <laughs>